The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now by visiting wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGPN to receive a three athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of your free picks and podcasts. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. For my additional content, check out my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. My clients have just been delivered there. 100th month in a row of transparent track profit. We absolutely blasted that month, winning clients over five and a half thousand dollars. And you can still be a part of the 101st month by signing up for the month of October. Tons and tons of stuff to cover the uh, MLB playoffs. Three more weeks of NFL still in this month. We obviously have the return of the Champions League and we're looking at domestic soccer as well. We're also going to be looking at some tennis plays as well. The lock run currently on my SGPN shows is at 14 and 1. 14 and 1 with 12 of those plays being on soccer. So I'm on a 12 and 1 soccer rock lock run and we look to continue that momentum here on this show as the Premier League returns this weekend. So let's begin breaking down these EPL games. We begin with a 12.30pm kickoff. That's 7.30am US Eastern Time as Liverpool travel to Watford to kick off this Premier League weekend. Liverpool are the 4-11 favourites to win the game. It's 17-4 to the draw and it's 15-2 to here on Watford. Liverpool's squad depth, I think, is going to be the reason they don't challenge for the league this season. In order for Liverpool to win, I feel that they have to be top of uh, top at Christmas and top going into the new year and be in a pretty decent position where they can afford to have their African Nations players go away and play the African Nations and not completely damage their title campaign. In addition to that, I don't think they've got the general squad depth even to cope with it at this stage of the season. And they're going to be tested immediately here because, for me, 
Fabinho, Fabinho, Allison, they're all not there because of the weird way that the World Cup games have scheduled. South American teams still played their South American qualifying games on Thursday or Friday morning here in the UK. So it's very, very unlikely that they're going to be back for these games. In fact, I know they're not. So Liverpool are going to have to do without their goalkeeper. They're going to have to do without Fabinho and they're going to have to do without Firmino and win this game against Watford. And this is Claudio Ranieri's first game in charge as the Watford manager. So I think they're going to be competitive here. I can see them scoring a goal. To be on the safe side, I'm going to take Liverpool in over two and a half goals rather than banking on Watford to score a goal for us. Liverpool in over two and a half is available even money here. Liverpool actually the only unbeaten team left in the Premier League, which is surprising because it's early on in the season, but everybody but Liverpool have already been handed a loss. Liverpool have won four in five away games in all competitions so far this season and have scored at least three goals in all of those games with the with Mo Salah in red hot form. He's now scored eight goals in his last seven games for Liverpool and he's going to be very difficult for Watford and Claudio, Claudio Ranieri's men to stop. I think Liverpool end up winning this game. I think Watford are going to be competitive. They're going to be energetic. They're going to be a little bit fitter here through the course of the game because they have less international players than Liverpool who may have a little bit of a hangover. But I think in the end, the quality is going to tell. This is a very tough game for Ranieri to start. I don't even know if Ranieri is the right appointment for me. I wouldn't be appointing Claudio Ranieri to keep you up in the Premier League at this point. He did wonderful things when he won the league with Leicester. He's done wonderful things throughout his career. But I think this is a washed up manager. This is an old manager. He's not the manager here that can keep you in the Premier League. And I'm not saying that he should have necessarily hired Sam Allardyce. But I also don't feel that a coach needed to be sacked here this early in the season. Watford aren't bottom. Watford aren't doing that bad. So this really surprises me that Watford have implemented this sacking and have brought Ranieri in, who I don't think is a massive improvement here. Yes, the players will play for them and um, you're going to see Watford compete here in this game. They may even score a goal, which is why I've taken Liverpool here and over two and a half goals because that covers me in case Watford don't score a goal and this is a tactical mess and they don't understand what Ranieri wants for them and Liverpool end up just battering this side. That does give you that cover as well. But I think we see three goals here and I think we see Liverpool win. Too much quality, Mo Salah, um, Sadio Mane, everything else around the pitch, likes of Van Dijk at the back, uh, the two wide players with um, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold pushing forward. It's just going to be too much here for what, but it's too difficult to start with. So Liverpool and over two and a half goals here will be the play and that's available at even money. Up next, we look at a West Midlands derby here as Aston Villa host Wolves. Aston Villa are available here at six to five. It's 23 to 10 the draw and it's 23 to 10 here on Wolves. This is a derby game here, and I expect Aston Villa to to step up. Sometimes derby games end up being nullified by teams setting up extra cautiously. Um, we see extra aggression. We see extra effort from the inferior team. But I just think Aston Villa are a bit better than that now. I think Aston Villa are just way too good for Wolves. I think Aston Villa are too good to be stifled by an extra effort from an, an inferior opponent, which is what Wolves are. Villa are better than Wolves. Villa should win this game. They should not be 
dragged in, dragged down into any kind of mindset that this is a West Midlands derby and uh, Wolves are tackling a bit harder and running a bit harder and are playing with a little bit more pride. Aston Villa are just better. They're unbeaten at home with seven points from a possible nine so far here this season. Villa have conceded just once at home this season as well and Wolves are not prolific goal scorers at all. That has been their big problem. Their expected goals doesn't match the number of goals they've scored and Wolves are yet to beat a team not currently in the bottom six and have scored just five goals in seven games so far this season. So I think Villa's quality will tell. This is the kind of game I expect Villa to win if they're going to take the next step, if they are going to be a regular top top half team. A lot of people talking about West Ham and how much they've improved under David Moyes and them now being a, a newly established team in the top half. Well, Aston Villa should be the next team. Aston Villa are as good as West Ham, if not better, in terms of looking at the personnel on the pitch. They're very consistent here with their manager. You could have bought in a, a bigger name at some point, but at the end of the day he's done well and there's no reason to replace him the players are playing the players are bought into it the fans are bought into it have not been affected by the loss of Jack Grealish they spent that money immediately that was a good thing that the owners did and for me this is a better Villa team than, than they were last year and I expect them to win games like this so I take Villa here on the Mully line they're available here at six to five up next, you've got Manchester United traveling to Leicester and what I think is the game of the week should have been on TV but it isn't here in the UK, so I'm going to have to try and uh, catch a stream of this tomorrow. If anybody can help me, please hit me up on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Man United are the six to five favourites here to win this game. It's thirteen to five on the draw, and Leicester are the twelve to five home underdogs. I am uh, simply going to go with a Man U bet that I've taken here throughout the season, which is both teams to score. Man U still have just one clean sheet in the Premier League so far. And now we are going to be missing our two centre-backs with Maguire and Varane not available for this game. Both teams have scored in five of Leicester's last six games and both teams have scored in three of Man United's four away games in all competitions. United, though, are unbeaten on their travels in the league with seven points from three games. And of course, we are carrying that record unbeaten run. So, you could see Manchester United winning this game, but I think the best way to play is, is to take both teams to score, and that's available at 3-4. to four. Up next, it's party time. It's one of our favourite games of the season, because Burnley are coming into Manchester City, and I'll explain why we love this game in a minute, because we cash free money with Burnley Man City fixtures every single season. Man City are available understandably at 1 to 9 to win this game. It's 17 to 2 on the draw and Burnley are a massive 22 to 1. Why is it party time when Manchester City play Burnley? Well, let me run you through the numbers. Burnley have conceded 30 goals in 8 meetings with Manchester City, losing 5-0 in four straight visits here to the Etihad. Um, City have scored 22 goals in their five home matches this season. Burnley have lost by two or more in their last six visits to Manchester City. And Manchester City have scored 27 times across their last six at home to Burnley, winning each of those by at least three goals on every occasion. So the way to play this is to take Manchester City to win and cover a handicap. Minus 2.5 on the Asian handicap line appeals to me. That one is for some reason available at plus money. So you can get that here at 6-5 to five for Manchester City to cover a minus 2.5 Asian handicap in this game. Given that statistical data, that is a little bit of a steal. If you want to be super cautious here, you can take Manchester City minus two 
on the alternative Asian handicap. That one here is available for you at four to six. What that means is if Manchester City win this game by two goals, you end up pushing. If they get the third goal, you win this bet at four to six minus 150. Again, incredible value. As I said, this happens every single season. And what have I seen from Burnley to suggest it won't happen this season? While Manchester City haven't been quite as free scoring in some games, they still notched up a couple of five nils at home against Norwich and Arsenal, who played particularly badly that day. So if Burnley are going to come in here, they're going to have to be a completely different to come in here and avoid a massive defeat. Sorry, they're going to have to be a completely different team from what we've seen in the past and a completely different team from what we've seen this season. In fact, Burnley have been worse than we've seen in most seasons. They look more likely to be relegated this season. There's been more talk about it this season than there has been in any of the previous three, four seasons. So this is actually a worse Burnley team. This is a Burnley team that's less set up here. This is a Man City team that have been somewhat unconvincing at times. And I think that almost leads to them owing their fans a better performance. So I think they'll win this game. I think they'll score goals and I think they'll cover an Asian handicap line comfortably here in this one. Up next, we look at Norwich at home to Brighton when Norwich are the 13-5 underdogs. It's 12-5 on the draw and it's 5-4 here on Brighton. I think Brighton here plus money represents unbelievable value. This Norwich team are absolutely awful. Now, if you cast your mind back to the start of the season when I was doing the EPL Futures, I took a future on Norwich to be relegated as my lock. In fact, I took it for two units because I was certain that this team would be bad once again. And they are proving me right. They are carrying on and being as awful as they were last time they were in the Premier League. They've now lost 16 of their last 17 Premier League games. This Brighton team have had a decent start to the season away from home. They've won three of their last four and Norwich have lost all three of their home matches this season. This doesn't need to be overanalyzed. Norwich are terrible. They're already going down. We are going to win a two-unit lock and we can cash even more money en route to them going down. Brighton, a good value here at five to four plus money and that'll be the play here for this game. Up next, Southampton are at home to Leeds, where Southampton are available as a 13 to 10 favourites. It's 12 to 5 the draw, and Leeds here are a 2 to 1 underdog. I like Leeds to be able to avoid a defeat here on the double chance market. They've had a very poor start to the season. A lot of the attention has gone towards other teams, but nothing has really gone towards Leeds, who have only managed to pick up one win so far, and they desperately needed that as well. But I think they can build off that and pick up another win here. I certainly think this will be a cagey game because all Southampton's games have been so far this season. Leeds have won both meetings with Southampton last season. Southampton have failed to score in three of the last four and under two and a half goals has landed in each of Southampton's home games so far this season, including when they played Man United. So I'm expecting this to be tight, cagey, low scoring once again. I don't think that we'll end up seeing three goals. And I think within that, we're going to see Leeds pick up something here from this game. I think Southampton are a pretty poor favourite and I like Leeds on the double chance market. If you want to take more of a risk, I will be taking Leeds here as a pick. But ultimately, I don't think Southampton offer much value here as a favourite. And I like Leeds to avoid a defeat here in this game. They're available at best price of 8-13. to And that's going to be my official lean here for this game. Moving on to the final game here from Saturday's slate. And we look at Chelsea's trip to Brentford. This is actually a London derby. This is a West London derby. These two teams are right by each other. Chelsea here are available at 3-5 to five to win this game. It's 29-10 to 10 on the draw. And it's 21-4 to four here on Brentford. 
It's going to be a difficult game for for Chelsea because everybody has faced a difficult game here away to Brentford so far this season. The statistical data supports both teams scoring here in this game, which is available at plus money. Even though Chelsea routinely pick up clean sheets, this could be a game where they don't, as Brentford have scored in four of their last five league games. However, it's worth noting during that run, Brentford have also only kept one clean sheet. Chelsea now have conceded in four straight games, which is why I said there is data here to support both teams scoring. It's available at plus money. It's worth a sprinkle. I'm just a little bit hesitant to make it my strongest lean here, simply because... Chelsea are a good team. They're a well-organised team. Thomas Tuchel completely sorted out this defence last season. He kept 11 clean sheets in his 19 Premier League games in charge. So eventually, they're going to get right. They're going to start keeping clean sheets again. They're going to be difficult to break down. So I don't like to ride a play like that as my main lean. I will advise it as a sprinkle simply because the data massively supports it and... Chelsea could easily concede five games in a row. But at the same time, they could easily keep a clean sheet. In fact, they could keep clean sheets in nine out of the next 10 games. That's what this team is capable of doing. They are going to be there or thereabouts. They are going to be challenging for the league. And in order to do that, they need to win games like this away to Brentford, a place where Liverpool failed to win earlier on in the season. I don't think Brentford can continue getting these great results, winning at home to Arsenal, getting a draw against Liverpool. I think they get found out here. I think Chelsea will have a little bit too much for them. And I like Chelsea to win this game. I wish we were getting a better price than three to five, but we're not. But ultimately, I think that's the best way to go. So Chelsea on the money line here will be my main lean. And that's available here at three to five. Up next, we move on to Sunday and we're going to look at Everton at home to West Ham. Where Everton are the six to four favourites. It's 12 to five the draw and it's seven to four here on West Ham. Says a lot about West Ham that they are only slight underdogs here going away to Everton. It shows that in the eyes of the bookies, West Ham are actually become a stronger team than, than Everton. I know Everton have got some players missing here as well, but I think this is a good spot to take Everton on the pick market here as a very slight favourite. Everton as a pick to win this game is available at 4-5. to five. And under Benitez, they have won all three of their home games in the Premier League this season. Everton have also won four of their last six games against West Ham, whereas West Ham lost their last game at home to Brentford. So perhaps it is because beginning to get to them, the fact they are having to deal with this uh, Europa League, Premier League dichotomy. Teams struggle with this all the time and it's weird because Europa League, you play on Thursday and then you get to play your games on Sunday. You don't see teams that play the Champions League on Wednesday notoriously struggling on Saturdays, but there seems to be an issue here with this Europa League thing. Perhaps it's the, the longer trips, I'm not too sure. But uh, West Ham, they weren't too good last time against Brentford. And uh, I like Everton here to, to win this game. I'll be taking them as a pick, as I said, available at 4-5 to five because that pushes as a draw. And this game could easily be a draw because I do have these two teams as equal. I don't have anyone better than the other. In fact, I think Rafa Benitez is still a better manager than David Moyes. David Moyes has done wonders at West Ham, but this is his level. This is David Moyes' level. He can manage a club at the level that West Ham are at now. He could manage a club where Everton were before he got the Man United job. And I don't think he can go any higher than that. Rafa Benitez can manage anywhere and anyone in the world. So... I think he's still the better manager. I think Everton are probably still the slightly better team. I definitely think they are at home. Even with the injuries here, I do like them to, to win this game against the West Ham team, who I think are going to be, uh, going to begin to struggle here as we head towards the, the Christmas period. They may improve in, in patches, but ultimately, 
I don't think you can bank on West Ham being that consistent top half team. And I don't think you can bank on Everton being that consistent top half team either. I think everything's up for grabs here. If you're not one of the, the top six in this league, and then I throw in Leicester in that as well, where I can say there is now a genuine top seven. I think if you're not in that top seven, anything could happen. Everton can be in the bottom half. West Ham could be in the bottom half. Aston Villa could be in the bottom half. Brighton could be in the top half. It just anything can happen in positions uh, eight to 13 for me here in the Premier League this season. And I think that's where these two teams sit equally. So getting this value on Everton is a very slight favourite to win this game. I'm going to take it, especially given the home record. So Everton, as a pick here, will be my play here for this game. Up next, we look at this Newcastle game at home to Tottenham. Now, a lot of people have asked me for my opinion on this Newcastle takeover. First and foremost... I'm surprised that Steve Bruce is the Newcastle manager here going into this game. I expect him to to lose that job relatively soon and for a replacement to come in. But the thing is with Newcastle, who can you get to replace Steve Bruce at this point of the season? What players can you buy at this point of the season? I know the transfer window is going to open up in January, but who can you get in January? I think the type of player that you'd be realistically able to attract would be a fringe player, a player who feels like he should be starting for his team or starting for a team, but isn't getting regular first team football. You're looking at a James Madison. You're looking at a Jesse Lingard. I think at a massive stretch, you may be looking at a Mario Riccardi at Paris Saint-Germain because he's not going to be getting in ahead of that front three. Or maybe he might be thinking that I can play a part here still because this team are going to be winning honours this season and I can be a part of that and um, they'll be challenging for the Champions League as well. I don't think you're going to be attracting players that are still in the Champions League. And I also don't think even next summer that people were going to go to Newcastle when they're already at teams that regularly qualify for the Champions League. If they do, those players will be very money-orientated players. But these players do exist in football. So this project is very, very interesting. It is going to mean the players that go initially are going to be heading into a relegation fight or a team that are primarily in the bottom half of the table and their aim, their sole target will simply be this season not to be relegated. Or perhaps if they do unbelievably well, they could push for a um, Europa Conference League place. I don't think they're going to do that well. I don't think they're going to finish in the top half. I think they should be focusing on survival. I think they should be focusing on bringing in three or four names, stabilising the manager situation and giving him money in the summer and then see what you can actually get in the summer. Can you attract players to come to your club and be a part of the project? We say project, we mean money. These are going to be players that are going to have their heads turned by bigger wages, bigger money, and uh, they're going to be leaving clubs probably that are already doing pretty well and are serious contenders for championships. But what if they are players that don't play for top European teams already and Newcastle suddenly enter into the bidding war with these top clubs to see if they want to go to an established top club like a PSG, a Man United, a Manchester City, a Bayern Munich, or whether they want to be part of the Newcastle project. I'm talking about someone like a Haaland. I'm talking about someone like a Harry Kane. These are the type of players. I mean, a Harry Kane isn't going to win anything anyway if he's at Tottenham. He may as well go to Newcastle and win 
absolutely nothing while you're getting a bigger sum of money. And you never know because obviously this project isn't going to instantly click. But if Harry Kane's body holds up and he can play at the top for another four or five years, perhaps he can play in a winning Premier League team because eventually they are going to challenge for the title. Whether they get it done or not remains to be seen. I don't think it's going to be as simple as that when um, Chelsea were chucked a load of money and when Manchester City were chucked a load of money. Manchester United despite not being under one of these ownerships. I mean, unfortunately, we're owned by the Glazers. But despite not being that, the Glazers have backed managers. We have thrown a lot of money at the club in the last seven or eight seasons. And this season, we had a particularly good transfer window with Ronaldo and Sancho and Varane. And we still don't look like we're going to win the Premier League with this team. And it's a very, very strong team. It's one of the strongest teams in Europe. This, on paper, should be a team that challenges for the league. But it just doesn't work that way. Everything needs to be correct. You need to have the right balance of players. They need to be able to play with each other. You need the right manager. Newcastle needs to get a lot of things right. This isn't just a case of buying the best players in the world. I mean, PSG have been doing that for years and they've not won the Champions League. Manchester City haven't won a Champions League. And obviously, the Premier League, with how strong the English clubs are. This is a tough, tough league to win. Suddenly, Newcastle have to be finishing above Chelsea. Suddenly, they have to get better than Manchester United. They have to be better than Liverpool. They have to challenge Manchester City and do what they've doing. And the fact that they've had this influx of cash for years and have been able to build their team and rebuild it and build it again. Initially, off the bat... It's difficult to see Newcastle even getting into the Champions League because who is going to lose their place in this top four to make way here for Newcastle? And what about just below that? Are suddenly Arsenal and Tottenham and clubs like that just going to look there as Newcastle just overtake them with their influx of cash with their new players. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. This is probably the most interesting development of the season, but it won't see anything really happening until January and then more so next summer. And then we'll get a real taste of how this is going to work out. Are players actually going to go to a club who are not in the Champions League because they have a big project going on and they have a ton of money there? Also, Let's talk about the the unfairness of this and the and the moral issue. I see a lot of people objecting to the fact that Saudi money is coming into the Premier League. Obviously, this has been referred to as blood money, and there's some questionable things going on in, in Saudi Arabia in relation to their politics. We all know that. But if this was your club, this is the question to ask yourself. Is this if this was your club, would you begrudge yourselves the money? Would you not want this money? Would you be able to turn around and say, yeah, I don't want this money. I would rather do things the right way. I don't want to be involved with the Saudis. I don't want this unethical association with the Saudis. Is that what you would be thinking if your Premier League club suddenly became the richest club in the world? and could buy absolutely any footballer for your team. Is that what you would be saying? Would you be saying, I don't want these players. I don't want this association. I don't want to do it this way. I don't think you would. I don't think I would. I don't think that um, ethics and sports necessarily go together. I understand that there's been a lot of politicising of sports and players trying to be political and managers trying to be political especially in the last two, three years. But I've never felt like it mixes. It's not for me. The knee's not for me. Politics and sports is not for me. Sports people talking about race and politics and um, equality and LGBT. Listen, I don't care about any of that. I just want to watch the sport. 
I just want my team to win. It doesn't really matter to me how it how it comes to fruition, and I'm not going to overthink that. And some people might agree with that. Some people might just feel this way. Some people may already have had enough of all the the politics. And some people may completely disagree. They may turn around and say, well, you have to have ethics in every area in life. You can't, you cannot unethically win in sport. It hinders my enjoyment of it. Um, that, that's you. If, you. if it hinders your enjoyment of it, if you want to do everything the right way, obviously, if you were to prioritize things, yes, you would ideally want to do things a certain way. As a Man United fan, um, and who has been a Man United fan since I was a kid. I want Manchester United to win under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a genuinely decent bloke. He's a lovely man. Like we recently met some of the Manchester United players and some of them were, were signing for a little bit. Then they went back onto the bus. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer signs every single thing and talks to every single man, woman and child and takes photos with everybody, be it the training ground, be it after a game, before a game, the day before a game, whatever. This is a guy who is a legend at the club and he's a really decent bloke. You can tell that just from his interviews. You want him to to succeed. I want Manchester United to succeed under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but how long Am I going to have to wait for that? How long am I going to wait for my ideal situation where this legend manages to get good enough to go head to head with the managers who are far tactically superior to him? Because at the end of the day, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a manager who failed as a manager of Cardiff. And that is not the criteria to manage Manchester United. Yet somehow he's managed to hold on to this job despite not winning a trophy for the last three years. And... I honestly feel it's last chance saloon now for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And I agree with that, despite the fact that I do want to win it under Ole, and I genuinely do. I am not now adverse to getting a new manager in because I just don't feel that it will work. So ethically, my ethics say I want it done the right way. I want it done with Ole. I want it done with youth. I wouldn't even have wanted to do it with Cristiano Ronaldo. I would rather have done it with with Mason Greenwood and Marcus Rashford and all of these homegrown players. But it looks like we're going to need to do it with Ronaldo. It looks like we're going to need to do it with a whole bunch of cash. It looks like we're going to need to do it with another manager. So if that's the case, why would I care if we needed to also do it with billions of Saudi money as well, especially if Saudis came in and took us away from these arsehole glazers who have taken our club into debt and steal money from our club? I mean, it would obviously benefit us to be bought out by Saudis. It would be a much better situation. And as I said, there's an ethical side to it that people will disagree with and they just don't want anything to do with these type of people. But look, what's happened has happened. And these owners aren't directly involved in in some of the incidents that we've seen in Saudi Arabia. I'm I'm not going to make my podcast too political and, and go into weird areas. I mean, I've been spoken that before. I'm not going to talk about um, racism. I'm not going to talk about politics. I'm not going to talk about LGBT. I'm not going to talk about COVID vaccines. It's just no, it's just no benefit in it, benefit in me doing it at all, because you're going to isolate some people and other people are going to agree with you. And what's the point? All you really need to agree on here on this show is that I make you a lot of money with my picks. So I wanted to address the Newcastle situation. I couldn't address the Newcastle situation without talking about the politics about it a little bit because obviously other Premier League clubs are going to be complaining. But but my take is, look, 
If it's your club, you would be absolutely loving it. So I don't think in this particular instance that we can begrudge Newcastle fans this. I mean, they've suffered. They have suffered since Kevin Keegan left. And that was a long, long time ago. This team have suffered for about 25 years. So if anybody deserves this, it's a massive city like Newcastle. And uh, Steve Bruce remains in charge this weekend for this game against Tottenham, where Spurs are the even money, uh, even money favourites to beat them. It's 13 to 5 the draw, and it's 12 to 5 here on Newcastle. I have a feeling that we may see some kind of bounce from Newcastle off the back of this. I think we have some players there that, that will really play for the shirt now. Because obviously, when this when this come these money comes in, yeah, you want to see your club improve, and yeah, you want to be playing for a bigger club, but you want them to buy players in every position but yours. If you're a Callum Wilson, you want this team to buy a, a quality midfielder to provide you with assists and chances, um, wide players. You want them to buy a solid back line. You want them to buy a well-cast goalkeeper. You're, you don't want them to buy a centre-forward, because that's your place out of the team. And there'll be a lot of players feeling this way. So, I think that they will be playing for a shirt and I can see Newcastle getting something out of this game. I love taking a play here on both teams to score, which is available at 7-10. to 10. Both teams have scored in each of Newcastle's last five games and in each of Spurs' last four. Spurs have now gone seven games without a clean sheet and Newcastle haven't managed a single one all season. And both teams scored in both meetings between these two teams last year. So I think it's a strong play. I think Newcastle will come out and play. I think they're going to have to be entertaining here. Steve Bruce's job is on the line and it's been on the line for a while, which is why we've seen a more expansive and entertaining Newcastle team. But the results haven't been great and it wouldn't surprise me to see Tottenham get the win here because an attacking game benefits Spurs a little bit more. So despite the fact that I do think we will see a strong performance from Newcastle here at the weekend, I'm not sure that they are good enough to get something here against Tottenham. Therefore, I think both teams to score is definitely the way you want to go here. And that one is available at 7-10. to 10. We finish up with the Monday game here. It's Arsenal against Palace, where Arsenal are available here at 4-6. to six. It's 29-10 to 10 to draw, and it's 9-2 to two here on Palace. Big game this because Crystal Palace are managed by Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira is an Arsenal legend returning to the club. He's going to get a really, really big ovation. But I also feel like he is going to be handed a loss here. Cannot see any reason why Crystal Palace get anything from this game. Arsenal have a lot of international players, but they are going to be the beneficiaries of rest. Arsenal have sorted themselves out in recent weeks after starting the season with three losses. And I think they'll be targeting this game as a game that they should definitely be winning. So Arsenal on the money line on Monday night. Straightforward pick there. And that one is available at 4-6 to six minus. 150. Closing out with your lock on the show. Look, everybody knows about the lock run. At the moment, we are on a 14 and 1 run. Overall, across all of my sports gambling podcast network shows since the start of this soccer season, we'll call that the start of our of our year because it's our start of our soccer season year. Um, I've actually gone 25 and 5 so far this season. So I've landed every single lock other than two international locks across the international windows, two Scamessa Italia locks, and just one EPL lock, which you remember was on week two. 
game week two where Manchester United failed to win away to Southampton. Since then, I've landed every single lock and that includes double locks as well. So this is a strong run. This isn't normal for someone to do this. And all I'm asking for you guys to do is to make sure that you leave likes on my posts, likes, retweets and reviews over on iTunes. The lock is pretty self-explanatory. Very, very strong data for it. We're going to go for Manchester City, but we're going to take it as minus two on the Asian handicap line. So as I said, this can push if Manchester City just win by two goals. It wins if they win by three. Very, very strong data. Burnley have conceded 30 goals in the last eight meetings with City. City have scored 22 in the last five home games. And Burnley have lost by two or more in their last six visits to Manchester City. So very, very strong lock data there. Doesn't get any stronger than that. I really like this play. I love it when I saw this game coming up on the schedule because you can immediately circle it and you know Manchester City are going to thump Burnley. So let's hope it comes through for us here again and we can extend that lock run even further. As I said, haven't lost an EPL lock since match day two and looking to land this one this weekend as well. Don't forget to check out the rest of my content. No fight show this weekend, but of course there will be Scamessa Italia as the Italian football returns over at lockbetting.com. We do have the return of the European show. We'll also have a bonus podcast covering the crown jewel show on um, from the WWE in Saudi Arabia where they're going to have title matches and they're going to crown a king and queen of the ring this Thursday. And of course, in midweek, you will have the Champions League show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast or the Soccer Gambling Podcast, you will have your Champions League key game show where I break down a selection of Champions League games. But over at lockbetting.com, what I give you over there is two shows, one on Tuesday and one on Wednesday, covering every single Champions League game and closing out both of those shows with an official lock. Last time, we went 3-0, and a free lock on the Sports Gambling Podcast show, and then two locks over at lockbetting.com. So 3-0 and with our Champions League locks last time, and we are 5-1 and for the season. Not only will you get those Champions League shows over at lockbetting.com, you'll also get the Europa League. The Europa League show follows the format of the European show and the international shows we did on the Sports Gambling Podcast last week. You know how successful they are. We take a small selection of games and we break them down. It's almost like getting a bunch of premium picks for a very, very low price. So go over there and get that podcast pack over at lockbetting.com. That's it for me. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.